Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Kelly. Gee. What's up with the unicorns? <laughs> so much. I mean. Do, do you like them? Is that really a question? Of course I do. Of course I do. Who do- A, who doesn't like unicorns? I mean, the idea of them because they're not real. And B, C, A. Same. Yeah. So... Anyway, who is our magical guest today? Our magical guest is Dr. Natalia, who um, has kind of branded herself as a LinkedIn expert, LinkedIn unicorn. She knows all things LinkedIn, and that's how I ran across her because I have been trying to learn a lot more about how to use that platform for myself and for our agency and got acquainted with her through LinkedIn. Adam, hit it. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing with your hosts, Key Sakalakis and Kelly Street, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice here on Legal Talk Network. Right. Well, welcome to Dr. Natalia. Uh, Doctor, because she is a doctor of sociology, which I will let her speak a little bit more about, coming to us actually from Dubai. So this is really exciting, really cool to be able to talk to someone who is an international branding and LinkedIn expert. So Dr. Natalia, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me over and for the kind introduction. As you've already mentioned, I studied social science and after finishing my master's degree, I thought, nah, that's not enough. Let's continue studying. Let's continue reading. And I realized that if I want to get to the next level of my studies, the only possibility to yeah level that up to get to the next stage is investing in a doctor of philosophy. And that's what I did over the last years. And oh, I worked in a lot of jobs. And I don't want to bother you with all of the details right now. We might dig into that later on. But after working for small companies and big companies and the government and the private economy, I realized I need to do my own thing because with all of that knowledge and all of this experience and my quirkiness, I think that's the best solution for everybody out there, me included. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, sometimes people don't, under, especially in government, don't understand quirkiness. Mm. <laughs> Very true. Um, so you are also known as a LinkedIn unicorn, and I have been dying to know more about what that is, especially since you have the most fabulous LinkedIn unicorn shirt that I am so jealous of as a uh, <laughs> unicorn lover. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, the story behind that is actually quite interesting. Um, how was it? It was that the Inc. magazine published an article a while ago, and the author, Larry Kim, he has this personal motto or life philosophy that says, be a unicorn in a sea full of donkeys. 
And he wrote an article about 11 LinkedIn experts that share some great unconventional marketing strategies or hacks, and I was one of them. And apparently since then, I'm, you know, a LinkedIn marketing unicorn, a LinkedIn unicorn. And I thought, how do I, what do I do with that? I mean, that's such a funny and unconventional title, if you want to call it like that. And a good friend of mine is a graphic designer, and she also designs T-shirts. And I said, listen, this is the article, this is the term be creative you know just do whatever you want I I trust you and then she came up with this t-shirt and no matter where I go now and deliver speeches or no matter where I post a picture of myself in this t-shirt everyone's like oh my god I love that t-shirt so much (laughs) it's pretty great (laughs) thanks so I think we'll get back to more LinkedIn later. I just had to ask that. But first, I think because the reason you are a LinkedIn unicorn is all about your brand and branding knowledge. So I think my first question for you is, what does brand mean to you? For me, over the last years, I realized that personal branding is the aspect that I find the most interesting about branding. And in the end, a personal brand is you. I mean, we we are all personal brands. And you can either say that this is a marketing or a self-communications tool. It could be seen as a leadership strategy. Or from another perspective, I could say that you, the way you speak, the feelings that you create in people, the impressions that people have about you, what people say about you is your personal brand. So there are two different angles how you can look at that term. Got it. And one thing on personal brand versus like an overall company brand that I have been wondering is because our audience is lawyers and most of those lawyers have law firms, whether it's their solo practice or whether they're part of a larger practice, how do you kind of mesh those two things? You're being yourself and branding yourself in that company and then your different company brand, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a very good question. I often have the impression that people choose between personal branding versus corporate or company branding. And for me, it's not an either or question. It is personal branding plus company or corporate branding. Why? Because the individual is the company brand anyway. I imagine, let me put it that way. Imagine you had a problem or you weren't happy with a certain service or product. So whom do you call the company? No, it's always an individual. And the way how that individual reacts and interacts with you is part of the company. So in the end, your employees and the way how they speak about you and and the way how they talk and the way how they dress and what they post on social media is all part of your corporate brand. So smart companies, smart big companies understood that nobody's interested in companies. I don't want to know what you're selling. I don't want to know about the features. What I want to know is who you are and what you stand for. I want to hear your story. And this is why, again, smart companies invest in their employees. They help them achieving things that are important to them. And then they make their employees their brand ambassadors. And the great thing is that through that, I think you can also create a deeper connection and build deeper relationships with people. And this is then the foundation of trust. And then based on that, you can actually sell, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. 
So you have, when it comes to brand, I saw one of your speaking opportunities that you had, you talked about, and actually it's on your website too. Um, you <laughs> talked about your enhancing your brand, kind of the four elements that you have people kind of go through and figure out in order to sort of curate or figure out what their brand is. So can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that? Yes, I believe in a sustainable personal branding approach. I believe that you need to work on your inside and on your outside. You need to work on your online presence and on your offline presence. I think personal branding, if done correctly, really starts with a self-inventory or some, some sort of stock taken, which is based on who am I, what is important to me, what is the, the whole target of the whole personal branding process. Do I want a better job? Do I want more clients? Do I want to become a better public speaker? Do I want to be featured in this magazine? Do I want to be seen as the expert, as the celebrity in my niche or as the star, whatever word serves you better? So this is the foundation and the inside work that needs to be done. And what goes along with that is also becoming somebody that people want to follow. So you need to be your own leader. And I always say live by example. So maybe working on things like meditation, working on things like being very picky with your words, the power of words, um, you know, exercising, spending time in nature to be balanced, to be kind, to be compassionate. I think that is absolutely key if you want to live a balanced life, but also be an inspiration and a role model for others. So this is the basic inside work. On the outside, we need to work on things like your outer appearance. I know we say don't judge a book by its cover, but let's be honest. When was the last time that you bought a book by just looking on the inside? I mean, did you close your eyes and never looked at the cover at the back page? I highly doubt that. So these societies that we have created, in my opinion, have the tendency to be obsessed with things like beauty and success and achievements. And... When you are aware of that and when you perceive it maybe just as a game or as a stage, like some sociologists, maybe even Shakespeare thought, then playing with certain signals to be perceived as successful and as beautiful could definitely help you getting your personal brand to the next level. And I'm not speaking about huge things here. I'm just speaking about, please look into the mirror and ask yourself if your hair color and your haircut is serving you. I know that in America, ageism is a huge problem. So maybe just by cutting your hair, you will look so much younger. Another thing that you could work on is the way how you dress. And you do not need to wear designer clothes to look well-groomed and to look decent. Um, I don't want you to spend a fortune. I just want you to wear something that you feel great at and that looks representative and professional. Um, body language is another factor. And uh, the other things, the online work would be when I Google you, for example, what do I find? What kind of content are you posting? Uh, how are you commenting on the information on the World Wide Web that are maybe not serving you? How do I get them out of there? What kind of content are you sharing? Are you already sharing content? How do you want me to perceive you as a leader when you're just reposting material? I mean, I want to I wanna listen to you. I want to see you in action. So these are some things. And there are so many more. 
more, but I, <laughs> I'm talking so much. I, if you have any specific questions, let me know. But I think these were really the basics that are important. And again, I could go on and talk for the next 45 minutes, but I think just to give you a basic idea, these are some of the most important aspects that everybody needs to have a look at, no matter how old you are, which gender you have, for whom you work, if you're an introvert, extrovert, etc., etc. So that's, I think that's some great stuff there. And I, I think one of the things, and you mentioned this even on uh, your site, you know, you hear a lot of the skepticism about personal branding. So our audience is lawyers. And a lot of the lawyers will say things like, oh, well, you know, this isn't how my world works. This isn't how my connections work or how I get clients. You know, I think that people with your expertise, what would you tell folks that have that mindset? Like, how do you you know, prove to them or demonstrate to them the power of connecting on places like LinkedIn or online social communities? I would first ask, how does your world work and how do you get clients? Right. And when I know that, I can then tell them how they can double or triple that. I mean, in the end, people want to work with people. And the more I know about you, the more I get a feeling for if I actually want to work with you. And I believe that we human beings are curious. So I always joke that it doesn't matter if you go for a job interview or for a date or if you're looking for the next house or for maybe most probably or even the next lawyer. Uh, what people do is they Google you and what they find or do not find is the first impression that you create. And the next thing is that no matter what you do, you have a personal brand. So you can do two things. Either let people decide what your personal brand is, and that decision might not be the best one or in your favor, or you actively work on it and steer it a little bit and fine-tune it and tweak it to, again, achieve your targets. And the targets are very individual. Is it getting more leads? Is it being featured here and there? Is it having a speaker gig with that person? Is it being on the cover of Forbes magazine? Whatever it is, based on the specific targets that a personal brand has, the steps that need to be done or gone are totally different. Yeah, I really like that. And that's one of the things that I, we talk about a lot is, is that, you know, whether you do it intentionally or unintentionally, people are forming impressions about you, right? So why you know, better to control it? Yep. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Yeah, it's a good point. One um, interesting thing that I just thought of is that on the kind of um, where you're getting your clients is that most attorneys that we talk to say they get their clients from referrals mostly. Um, mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, I, you know, internet doesn't matter. My online presence doesn't matter. I get my clients from referrals. But that is even that is almost more representative of your personal brand because they're seeing you, they're interacting with you. And so if you don't have your brand identified or maybe maybe you do and maybe it's kind of pushing some people away, that's where branding really also comes into play. And so I'm I'm glad that you you focused a lot on that and what you were talking about because I think it it just is so important whether you're in person, whether you're online, because if you are on your website in a suit and you're like, I am Mr. Serious Lawyer, and mm. then somebody meets you at a, you know, a networking event or a business meeting and you're just in jeans and a t-shirt, it's like, who's that guy on your website? Because that is not you. 
<laughs> Very true. You need to create, not create, because in the end, you are your personal brand. I don't believe in creating a fake persona or something that you cannot live up to. I totally believe in polishing, enhancing, training, becoming better. But something that is totally against your nature will not be sustainable because at a certain time, day, stage, you will be exhausted, you will be angry, something might happen, somebody might trigger something and boom, this is when you explode. And this is where you can ruin everything that you have worked on over the last years. So yes, a little bit of acting, again, a little bit of enhancing is important, but it needs to be you and the you that you are online needs to be the same person that you are offline i've just recently heard a friend joking that there is this one person somewhere and he has created this amazing online persona but then when you meet him in person he's like so different so he tries everything to not meet you in person to keep that image alive and i'm wondering how does that work why would i do that that doesn't make any sense at all to me Yeah, that's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We do not need to understand everybody out there, right? Yeah, exactly. So another thing that I think is in your inside category for enhancing your brand is the unique value proposition. And I know Guy and I, being that we work together at uh, Attorney Sync is a digital marketing agency, and we, we are kind of always trying to identify that for ourselves, the unique value proposition. So what, how does somebody do that? Because it seems like there are so many different, there are people maybe out there who do the same thing you do are in the same practice area for, for lawyers or are similar, maybe similar looking, any of those things. So how do you kind of figure out what it is that makes you different and you unique? That's a very good question. I think that there are two strategies or two simple exercises that you can apply that I also always encourage my clients to, to work on. The first one is get an idea who your five biggest competitors are. So people who are working in a similar field, maybe have a similar educational background, similar skills, and have a look at what they do, write down what they're great at, maybe what they're not so good at, and do the same for you. So it's a little bit like a, yeah, like a strength and weakness analysis. So you have your competitors, everything that they're great at, everything where they can improve. You have yourself on the other side, everything that you're great at and where you can improve. And then have a look if you have something that all of them don't have. And then this could be really unique because... If all of these people are, for example, great speakers and they uh, they have this certification or whatever, but you realize that none of them is actually funny, wow, I would make humor or entertainment my unique value proposition, my thing, how I stand out, my characteristic that makes me unique or different. So that would be the first thing that you could do. Or another exercise could be asking five of your closest friends or maybe even family uh, the question, what is it that I'm great at? What is it that is crazy in me? Like, why do you think am I who I am? I mean, if you would have to put everything away, what would be that one word that would describe me? And sometimes the answers that you get are insanely, surprisingly different from what you've expected. I think that sometimes we're really blind towards our own unique 
talents or skills or gifts. So I think if you do one exercise, maybe then the other, and combine that again, you will get closer. And um, yeah, so that's what I did. And I also listen to my to my online audience and my clients when they speak about me or when they gave me a testimonial. I was like, oh, oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's my uh, that's the the point that I'm going to sell from now onwards. <laughs> oh, that's really smart to look at the reviews and kind of see what your own clients are saying about you and take those keywords from there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also a process. I think when you have something in the beginning that you somehow resonate with and you say, okay, it's not 100%, but it's 85, go with that. So you just have it out of your system, but then stay open and stay curious towards change. And sometimes it's really a comment from somebody who describes you. Sometimes it's a testimonial. Sometimes it's a conversation that you can see between two people who are talking about you online who forget that you are there as well because it's your account. <laughs> so in yes. this conversation, you're not like, oh, okay, this is how they perceive me. This is how they compare me to other people. Oh, that's so interesting. I never looked at it from that angle. Okay, this is what I'm going to share right now or from now onwards. Yeah, that's so great. Maybe let's shift directions a little bit and start talking about LinkedIn because LinkedIn, I think for people who have great success with it, they're, they just love it. It's awesome. They're, they're doing really well. They have their kind of social media presence figured out on it. And for others like me, I'm not quite sure how it fits into the strategy yet. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is the biggest business related networking platform on this planet. People are on LinkedIn because they are in a mindset of doing business, which I think is brilliant and totally different compared to Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. I have the impression that people rather spend time there to be inspired, motivated or entertained. So when you are on LinkedIn, people are already in this business slash professional networking mindset. That's the first thing that I find very interesting and that a lot of people don't think about. Another factor that is also pretty interesting is that your LinkedIn profile is not your online CV. That is a wrong perception. Your LinkedIn profile is your second web page. Why? Because if I Google you, in the majority of cases, your LinkedIn profile will show up as the first search engine result on the first uh, page. So make sure that you keep it updated and that you share the information that you want to share with your audience, potential clients, potential employers, whatever it is. That is also very important. LinkedIn is also not a job search platform. That is one of many other opportunities. LinkedIn nowadays is also a platform for building and growing your personal brand. It is a great platform to mingle and network with like-minded people, with potential clients, with former clients, former employers, whatever it is. And it is also a fantastic platform to learn. So I think these are a lot of factors that many people do not reflect on. And that's why they don't see the value of LinkedIn yet. That's at least my perception of it. Yeah, I think there's some good points in there. I, I also... And we'll make sure to include this in the show notes, but I think your LinkedIn profile, you know, you are a LinkedIn unicorn, so I'm not surprised by this, but it really goes above and beyond what we see typically with most LinkedIn users in general, and particularly lawyers. I think it would be useful if you could uh, speak to some tactical 
advice, tips for building out your LinkedIn profile. You know, for example, you have a really robust my story and why me, services offered, keynotes, results, honors and awards. You have you're, you're using emoji. Uh, you have 158 testimonials from people you've worked with. So if I'm, let's say I'm a lawyer and I'm kind of starting to buy into this LinkedIn thing, um, beyond just putting a picture on there and what I do, what types of things can have you found success with that have been really important and in including on your LinkedIn profile and how you're using LinkedIn in general? I think the first thing that everybody needs is a professional picture. I think, once again, people have the tendency to be a tiny little bit judgmental, at least in the societies that that I have experienced so far. And it also comes across a little bit bizarre if you do not have a picture of yourself. I mean, what are you trying to hide? I'm not sure if I want to work with you. These are the first thoughts that come up in our head. So definitely invest in a professional photo shoot. Do not take a picture out of a party somewhere or a picture with your wife or your spouse or your kids or your dog. I am so happy for you that you have so much love around you, but that has nothing to do with your professional picture. So get that professional picture. That's the first thing. The second thing is that behind that professional picture, we also have an area which is the cover picture. So with that cover picture, within less than a few split seconds, you can actually tell me what you are doing or in which industry you are. Because a picture shares more than thousands of words and people are busy, they're hectic, they're on their phones, they're, they're running. So instead of reading things, if you could show me a picture of you in action or something that shows me that you are a lawyer or what your expertise is, will make it so much easier for me to at least somehow get an idea of who you are. I think that's important. What is also important is that you mention the right city and country where you're currently working at. There's so many people who worked, I don't know, in Europe and then moved to the US or lived in the Middle East and then moved to Australia and they didn't change the city and the country, maybe even the continent where they worked at. And I think you are missing out on a lot of business opportunities because not everybody might have the budget to fly you over. So I think that's important. Your summary. Your summary... I think that your industry is a little bit more conservative, so I would definitely not recommend you to use any kind of emojis. But what you could do is you could write a biography that sums up who you are, uh, what your expertise is, some achievements, give me some facts, give me some numbers, give me something that shows me when should I contact you? Like what kind of problem are you solving? And why you? Why are you so great? Why shouldn't I go for your colleague or for the competitor? I think this is important. And uh, one last thing, uh, because I could, again, talk one hour about a LinkedIn profile, is using a lot of media. So below every work experience, I would use some PowerPoint presentations, some videos, an article that you have written, anything that gives me an idea of how you work and what your achievements are. And I'm fully aware that a lot of the things that you're working on are confidential, but find a way how to portray that anyway. I think that the profile should be more like a resource where people spend a lot of time to read, to understand, to connect with you, to get the feeling as if you are sitting at a small cafe, maybe or in a restaurant having a coffee or a tea. And the more time they actually spend on your 
on your page, if you're intelligent, you also leave a call to action at the end of your summary, which says, give me a call. Let's meet for a coffee. For further information, please book your free consultation session here. And this is how you then already converted a visitor into an actual lead. Right. Good stuff. Yeah. And so on the media side of things, you have a lot of good stuff on your page that really kind of boosts up that brand and shows who you are. And I think that's one thing that I know I'm not doing enough. We're not doing quite enough is not just, you know, sharing links that we have or not just sharing articles or little bits of thoughts, but doing um, where you're actually writing a LinkedIn article and then that is linked to your profile forever. It doesn't just go away from your feed. Absolutely. And I mean, when it comes to LinkedIn articles, there are two parties by now, because since LinkedIn was purchased by Microsoft, the whole LinkedIn publishing section, so the, the article section, doesn't get as much attention as they used to. I think the simple idea behind that or the reason behind that is that LinkedIn wants you to stay as long as it as they can in your newsfeed, right? Because they can advertise in the newsfeed. So when you post an article or when you post a link to your article, you're getting out of the newsfeed and you open a new window that then goes to LinkedIn publishing. So there are a lot of people who say, oh, articles are dead. You don't need to write articles anymore. Saying that or being aware of that, I have recently published a longer article, which is actually more of a guide, and it's based on a keynote that I delivered in Los Angeles a while ago. And I was really struggling because I thought, gosh, that article is worth at least 5,000 US dollars at least. And oh, should I share it with people for free? And oh, it's so long. Will people read that? What's the benefit? Da, 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 da. In the end, I published it. And believe it or not, this article was shared over 106 times. I got over 600 likes, hundreds of comments. And here comes the interesting part. I got five leads out of it. I arranged four calls. And out of these four calls, three people either signed up for high-end uh, coaching with me or decided to invest in my self-study online courses. Wow. So that thinking that, oh, I could make so much more money off of this if I didn't publish it actually uh, probably turned out to be that publishing it was the right choice. That's pretty great. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of how many, you know, likes and shares and things you're getting, you have such a big following, which is why you are the LinkedIn unicorn or one of <laughs> them. And so when I'm thinking of LinkedIn following or getting more followers, I think of all of the salespeople that try to connect with me so then they can sell me something. How do you build up your following as a personal business or as a, a law firm would without people thinking, oh, they're just, they're just going to try to sell me something. I'm not going to connect with them. How do you do that the right way? I think by coming from a mindset of sharing and of being, being of help to others. So you need to create a content strategy in which you really address the problems of, of us human beings, to literally put it like that, and also of your target audience. That's what I did. I mean, I 
I really have a list on my phone. Whenever somebody sends me a direct message, an email, a comment about personal branding, about a personal problem, I note it down. And the next time when I sit down and create content, it could be an article, it could be a status update, it could be a video, I make sure that I answer this question. Of course, it's always anonymous. I never mention the gender. Uh, sometimes I mention the gender, but sometimes I also swap the gender. So it doesn't matter. Um, so it's a real world problem and people resonate with that and people see that I'm there to help them and that's what I do I share my journey I share my failures I share my mistakes I share my achievements I share my thoughts I share my lessons learned and I come from this place and this is how I built this this uh, following I guess of course that's just one part of it another part of it would be you need to invest the time and the the love into collaborations i think nowadays it's it's very difficult to go viral in quotation marks so if you could write articles with other people if you could do interviews with other people if you could interview somebody have a podcast interview there write a guest blog or post over here and so on and so forth i think these are two factors that will help you tremendously in getting your brand out there and to the next level and to get more and more connections. It's great. One of the other things that yeah. we, we hear a lot from lawyers is this, uh, you alluded to it in talking about you know, this aspect of time. So how does a, a typical day with LinkedIn work for you? Is it something where you know, it's part of your daily routine to check LinkedIn or connect with somebody after a conference? Talk to us about how the offline, online, and time balance works with your use of LinkedIn. Sure. So for me, it's part of my daily routine. I post five times per week. But when I started being active LinkedIn, it was really seven times per week. So what I do is um, after I had breakfast and I meditated and I worked on the things that are really important right now, I have a look at my emails. And after that, it's actually social media work. And I would say I spend between 15 till 45 minutes per day on LinkedIn, depending on how many connection requests I get, how many messages I get, if a post really spread widely. I mean, one of the posts that I, for example, shared, I think two, three days ago, got over 500 comments and 700 likes. So engaging with that content might require a little bit of more time, but that's not, that's not something that happens every week or every day. So that's totally fine. I think it makes sense to develop a sort of structure that works for you. So I realize it makes sense to connect with people every day. So choose, let's say, 10, 20 people or something based on your long-term targets. Uh, and this is something that only you can decide on. It makes sense to answer messages. It makes sense to post something. And it makes sense to engage with questions or comments that were posted on the piece of content that you shared yesterday. That's great. One other thing, too, I'd love to get your opinion on, and I don't even know if you've, because it doesn't look like you're currently paying LinkedIn, but have you ever done a LinkedIn premium service or you kind of like, you don't really find a lot of value or you just never really done it? I have tested the LinkedIn Sales Navigator for a month and I really liked it. So what LinkedIn Sales Navigator does is, for me, it is a highly sophisticated filter or um, like a, yeah, it's like a search box. It has like 30 filters or something. So you can really find 
identify and then find the person that you want to get in contact with. In my case, it would be, let's say if I had the the dream or the idea that I, I want to have my next keynote in New York City. So I could identify, let's say, event organizers in New York City who have more than 20 years of experience and whatever other filters are out there. So I could find that person, then save that person as a lead, engage with that person's content, get in contact with that person, arrange a phone call, and let's see, take it from there. So I think LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a really great um, lead generation tool, and I will definitely invest into it um, maybe by the end of the year again, yeah. Great. So I I have one, I think probably my last question is um, you, and it's sort of a comment, sort of a question. You have this wonderful video on your website about um, being brave, how you, you were an employee of different companies. You were kind of trying to find your fit in those. And you decided at one point to, you know, go out on your own. You took a sabbatical and then went out on your own. And now you're you're doing your thing and you're loving what it is like to be working for yourself and um, helping other people create brands for themselves and and boost their own companies through branding. Mm-hmm. And so my question for you based on that is how did you I know there's there's more than bravery there. How did you go from being a person who was working in companies to then creating all of this content for yourself? Like, how did you get over that, that fear or that kind of holding back from, from being someone who's just part of a company to, Hey, I have a lot of stuff to say. Here's what I'm going to share with the world, because I know that's one thing for our, maybe not even younger lawyer audience, maybe even older who are like, I've never done content before. How am I supposed to put my stuff out there and share my wisdom. So how does one do that? How did you do that? I read a lot. I read a lot of books about people who have radically transformed their lives. And by reading them, I learned that everybody started from scratch and the majority of people never start because they're so afraid of looking incompetent or they're afraid that other people will laugh or they don't want to be seen when they are still at the very beginning, especially not at a certain age. Uh, so that these are the fears and these are the insecurities that keep us small. So I think that's a huge factor that we need to keep in mind. Another thing that I understood at a certain stage is, or let me phrase it in another way, I was highly frustrated slash semi-aggressive and upset when I saw what I saw on on media and going on on this planet. And I just heavily disagreed with that. And I don't want the world to be like that. And one day I really stumbled over that quote, be the change you want to see in the world. And I've, I've read it a few times before that, but it's just, I so resonated with it and I understood Okay, so that actually means that, wow, I need to do my homework. I need to start working on myself. I need to start working on how I think, how I speak, how I act. I need to stop judging myself. I need to stop judging others. I need to behave 
and and act in a way how again I would expect others to do so gosh that's so much work so I did all of that self-work and I think when you do that and you work with coaches and therapists and psychologists and whatever you need or whatever you want to invest in I think in the end you will learn that we take ourselves and life way too seriously and it's very likely that we at least that we only have one life at least in this body on this planet so it makes sense to to get the most out of it and and make it a happy place and feel successful and feel happy again which is very subjective so I decided that I need to share that with the world and I need to share my journey because it might also help other people to do exactly that. And I think it was a mix between being totally naive and faithful <laughs> and uh, just just giving it a try. But you won't believe how many messages I got also in the beginning until now from people with very horrible diseases, from people who went through ridiculous emotional, physical, spiritual pain, who said, because of that one video, because of that one comment, because you daily make me smile or because you daily make me laugh, I, I don't know, I survived cancer, I, I got divorced, I got married, I finished my degree, I lost 40 kilos. And that is just insane. Just by talking about it, I get goosebumps and glitter in my eyes. And we all can do that. Yes. And I think practically, you know, for our practical lawyers out there, one of the things that I have been hearing from them is that, you know, there's a little bit of where they're facing this, um, not really a crisis, but kind of a crisis of how the world sees lawyers. And I think that realigning what your brand is, what is possible for your brand to be and who you are can be really helpful both for themselves and then also for how people can identify with and, and see lawyers. Absolutely. I mean, exactly what you just said, that is already a fantastic piece of content. If you are a humorous person, my goodness, please share it with the world. It will inform and educate people. It will create awareness and it will, you know, bring these two parties or bring these people together again. I think there are some industries that have just some negative connotation and or who are perceived in a still very old-fashioned way and we're not going to change that by just leaning back and judging it or or saying oh the world is unfair if you don't like what is happening to you to your brand to your industry you can change it and you decide how far you go how funny you are how creative you are how serious you are Go for whatever is in line with your character and with your long-term targets. Yes. So incredibly well said. Guy, do you have any last questions? No, I think this has been very uh, helpful. I really appreciate your time and thoughts on this. And I think there's a lot of uh, valuable insights to take away from, particularly folks that are listening that are either skeptical or haven't really invested in LinkedIn. I think that there's, take a look at particularly Dr. Natalia's page, and uh, I think there's a lot of good information shared. So um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Oh, you're most welcome. I really enjoyed that. I had a great time. And if there's anything else and I can help you with, uh, please do not hesitate to reach out. I give my best to, yeah, to help you with any kind of challenge when it comes to LinkedIn, personal branding, or maybe even content strategy. Wonderful. And I would ask what you are having for lunch since it's lunch hour legal marketing, but it is dinner time where you are. So 
go and enjoy your dinner. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I think I'll I'll have a homemade self-created pizza. Oh, that sounds, that sounds awesome. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And um, everybody find Dr. Natalia on her LinkedIn page. Thinknatalia.com is her website. She is just a wonderful, positive inspiration to follow. Thank you once again. Thanks a lot. Yes. Thank you again to Dr. Natalia for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We so appreciate your likes and shares and subscribes. And of course, if you like what you heard, please give us a rating in Apple Podcasts. And feel free to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, any of the other social medias that you find yourself on. And last but not least, if there are any marketing or client development influencers that you would like to hear from, please feel free to send us those suggestions through Twitter or direct emailing as well. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Reasonable minds can differ. <laughs> and there comes, get off my lawn, Gee. That was a southern get off my lawn. Oh, get off my lawn. <laughs> I don't even know where that's from. <laughs> I'm trying to channel Clint Eastwood in um, Gran Torino. I never saw it. But I see, I saw a picture of the movie, and it was just Clint Eastwood standing on his lawn, looking very angry, and with a sort of like dark, decrepit house behind him. And all I could just picture was him being like, "Get off my lawn." Okay, that Although that's sounded not really more, Clint Eastwood. No, that well, more so than the first version. And um, I also applaud you for trying to do a movie impression without having seen the movie. That's very this, difficult. I think this is kind of a recurring theme for our intros to this to this podcast is what movies hasn't Kelly seen? Yes. Or what apps does Kelly is Kelly willing to pay for? Excluding things like the New York Times. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice. Join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring, and firing, 
and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.